Flying Bull Productions presents Laugh, Literature, and Film. Good stuff. Yeah? It's the Laugh Podcast. This is the biggest movie event of all time. The largest opening. This is this movie that we're going to talk about this week is on the minds of most Americans and most of the world. It's the fastest to 500 million. Had the highest uh, opening weekend. Been talking about it for two years. They've been wanting it for 30 years. Yep. And <laughs> there's one... 50% of the people in this room have a mainly stale reaction to it and we are talking about what <laughs> the movie that needs no introduction the movie that needs no introduction when i give it an introduction is star wars episode seven the force awakens woo it's 30 years after the defeat of the galactic empire the galaxy faces a new threat from the evil kylo ren and the first order when a defector named finn crash lands on a desert planet he meets up with ray a tough scavenger whose droid contains a top-secret map. Together, the young duo join forces with Han Solo to make sure the res- Resistance receives the intelligence concerning the whereabouts of a certain character of great import, Luke Skywalker, last of the Jedi Knights. The Force is strong in my family. My father has it. sister has it. You have that power too. So, Mr. Two Frames. Howdy. You've worked most of your adult life to avoid seeing any of the original Star Wars movies and their prequels. J.J. Abrams and Disney have conspired to create a film that captures every single one of the important beats from those movies and condense them down to to one two-hour and 16-minute film experience. And the good news is, now you don't have to see those films. Now that you've seen this film... You don't have to watch the other ones. However, my question to you is this. Now that you've been pushed into the water, are you going to keep swimming or are you going to climb out, dry yourself off, and leave the pool forever? I feel that I can safely say I will never watch this film again. Wow. Okay. I have no desire to watch it again. Probably next year at this time we'll be reviewing the next Star Wars film. Okay. Just because the next movie will be Rogue One, right? Yeah, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. All right. So, did this movie, for what it is, did this movie create any anticipatory desire for you to see Rogue One? No, not at all. No, I mean, it's Star Wars. It it didn't really move my needle. 
there were a couple times I laughed during the film at the right spots, I guess, and I feel like I got some of the references doing review or doing study prep for the show today. I read about other stuff, and it, it's fine. It's Star Wars. If you like Star Wars, you'll like this film. It's got all the elements that make Star Wars the mega hit that it is. Does the None fact of that, that works for me? Does the fact that you didn't see any of the original Star Wars or really immerse yourself in that uh, sort of mentality have any bearing on your enjoyment of the film? Uh, I mean, I know enough about the originals. I've seen the iconic scenes, mm-hmm. and I know you know the beats of the story. That while I was watching this, I thought this seems a lot like New Hope. Yeah. I've heard it's also a lot like Empire Strikes Back, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know that story. It's a lot like Return well. of the Jedi, also. It yeah. really hits all the all the major beats of the of the three original movies. Yeah, episodes four, it, five, and, and I understand six. why they do this. I got into a uh, uh, discussion with a buddy of mine who saw it opening night, and he didn't like it because it is so much like these older films. And my argument to him was, well all you fanboys freaked out when Lucas tried to do something new with the prequel trilogy and tried to show you this whole other side to the Star Wars universe. Everyone got mad at Lucas for that, so why wouldn't J.J. Abrams, the director of this film, come in and just do a greatest hits version of Star Wars? Right, well, even if you weren't familiar, like you're semi-familiar with the with the uh, background or mm-hmm. the template that exists for this movie, even if you weren't familiar with that template, all of that stuff could wash over you. It wouldn't have the you wouldn't have the same emotional reaction, perhaps, to some of the characters and some of the reveals. But the movie could still be a satisfying movie going experience. It could. I'm I, I I'm not arguing that it is. I'm saying it could be because yeah. I've I have a complicated um, response to this movie myself. In a lot of ways, this feels like it could be a plot for Guardians of the Galaxy, a further adventure for them. A lot of the reasons that I liked Guardian of the Galaxy was because of the callback, the, the tonal callbacks to a Star Wars space fantasy type movie. Yeah. A lot of the reasons I liked the movie Serenity is because of the sort of tonal callbacks and the character callbacks and the, the interactions between characters that are first established in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah for me, just uh, I, I don't like the space adventure. I don't like science fiction where it's here we have to go on an adventure i like science fiction that's um highlighting some aspect of our current society and showing us you right. know what could happen in the future with that and you're more you interested know, in science in our, than the fiction no, part you have, it you have, have all cap science, science. But, it, but i mean it can also just be society and what's wrong with society you know dress park i think works because there's some genetic stuff and do we have the right to play God in some of those big ideas? I'm not sure that this movie has any big ideas to it. Ooh, all right. Now, I'll, I'll have to disagree with you there, mister. Okay. Because thematically, the, the things that happen thematically in the movie are some of the things that I enjoy about it. The minutia and the fan service, the callbacks and the illusions, and the following the template, all of that, I understand why it's there, and I kind of get it. But it doesn't really move my needle. But when you have questions like bigger questions about choice and the balance of good and evil and how you're at at any point you can choose one way or the other, I I like those. I like dealing with those ideas thematically. Um, You know, if we we go back to laugh number four or five, when we talked about 
what we look for in films. It might even be laugh number two. What we look for in films, one of those things is the examination of evil. And that's what this movie does. It's, I mean, things are black and white in this movie, and there are characters that have to choose. And I like that idea, like that thematic concept of choice. Okay, I mean, I see your argument, but then to me, you just undercut your whole thing when you said everything's black or white. There's no subtlety in this film. There's no gray area, I feel. Well, all right. I, I mean, would you, argue that you're either on the dark side or the light side. Well, I would argue that that the struggle of the main antagonist and the protagonist, the the guy played by Finn, is a, is a struggle of choice and making decisions. Like, uh, uh, you know, in Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, there's the refusal of the call, and this happens with both the heroes, the the main protagonists in this movie, happens in the Star Wars template. I mean. Lucas and the people that um, are behind this film, J.J. Abrams and, and Disney and Lucasfilm Limited or whatever, those people are following a template that's been established all the way back to Gilgamesh. I mean, the earliest epics. Uh, and the template works. The hero's journey is there as a template because it's an effective way to tell a story. And it, and it works in this movie, just like it works in the other movies for me. Yeah, but the, the hero's journey that... I feel was a much more popular theory 40, 50 years ago. And I think it, it strongly influenced George Lucas when he wrote the original story. Abrams here is just playing homage to it. I don't think it holds up as well. Well, it's, well, no. Critically, I mean, it's, really? Yeah, it's there. All, all the elements I, I, are there. I don't think it's studied as much. It's not considered. Oh, no, really no. Yeah, it means falling out of favor. I mean, it was very, very popular. 50s, 60s, 70s. No, as, no, no. I understand of, that as an, a way of analysis, the... but as a template, it's still there. As a method of putting together a story, it's still definitely there. I mean, all of the elements are there. You got the mentor, you got the um, the the threshold, the the threshold keeper, or you know, the helpers, everything along, all yeah, along the way. Sometimes I feel like it, those concepts are so abstract, it's easy to place them in almost any film. Yeah, I mean, that's a I, I mean, because you have also... Reductive argument. You have made the argument there are only two stories you can tell. <laughs> right. Stranger Comes to Town, right. Hero's Journey. Yes, very if simplistic. If you pull back yeah, and get so simplistic, so vague, everything falls underneath that umbrella. Right, but that, this this movie too closely follows the metric. I mean, it's, it's too in, invested in that template, as is the whole Star Wars, like the whole... Star Wars um, mentality, I guess, or creative. That's um, fine. I mean, to me, the, just this whole thing is homage. It, it There's very little originality, I feel, in this film. All right. Because it has to be so caught up with Joseph Conrad. Uh, Joseph Campbell. Campbell, sorry. Conrad. Joseph Conrad. I don't know why. There know. is a reference to Apocalypse Now, though, which is based on Heart Hearts of Darkness. Of, yeah. Uh, it, and that's a key shot in the film. I love that shot. Yeah, and then they're doing lots of old-time special effects. They have the chess game with mm-hmm. the monsters and the creatures, and they went back to Phil Tippett, the guy who did the stop motion, right. and had him redo it. And apparently the chess game picks up right where it left off in the original film. Yeah, I mean... that. See, those are small details that mean nothing to me. But to me, this movie is filled with those little things, and it has to be for this movie to be successful. Oh, oh, I don't... I don't think so. I don't think it has to be necessary. The movie was going to be successful one way or the other because of the amount of effort they put into but, but it. But this can please all the fanboys. I mean, there's stuff. 
There are apparently so, comic right, books well, coming I'm, out there going to flesh you, out side stories. Okay, I'm going to get into that because I'm wondering how you measure success. You mean in terms of being an accomplishment for the fans of Star Wars or an accomplishment in terms of its mo- the money-making juggernaut? I mean, it, it, was, it was always going to make a ton of money. Right. But does it keep? does the ball keep rolling? Do we have yeah. to keep doing Star Wars films? Because if this was a huge stinker, and it's not a stinker of a film, it's it's a fine film. You know, it doesn't work for me. I understand why it works for people. It's fine. Should they keep making Star Wars movies? Yes, because I think it's working for the public. But if this had been a stinker, and we've had four stinking Star Wars movies in a row, you know, and it was the idea then that we could never recapture the magic of that original trilogy. Right. Would they stop making Star Wars films? I I think the Star Wars juggernaut could have been ended if this had been a bad, bad film. But it's not, and now I think we're going to get easily eight more Star Wars films in the next <laughs> decade, decade and a half. You really never really have to end. That's the that's the sort of the marketing beauty of this, of establishing this uh franchise. The Star Wars franchise depends depends upon creating ridiculous plot holes that can be filled in with all that external comic books and uh video games and television shows. I mean, it depends on that. And that's why I think the movie is willing to set up this world where it, it can show you characters that are really cool and probably really meaningful in some other story. And then they can have a huge spinoff story or series about it. Uh, Your favorite movie, Boba Fett. He doesn't really appear in this except uh, like as an abstraction. But I mean, in the original film, he's in there for a minute or two. But apparently, he's one of the most beloved characters. There are multiple video games. There's a whole bunch of novels about his oh, bounty yeah. hunting well, adventures. There was they were going to do either a, a Han Solo spinoff or a Boba Fett spinoff. Boba Fett might be the big loser in all this. They'll get to him eventually. Yeah, I don't know because they well Boba Fett was the son of Jango Fett, who became the clone upon who this all the stormtroopers were based as far as i know i i probably Nerd. misspoke maybe all that no i, have no I really don't know except that i do know that the stormtroopers were supposed to all be clones and the fact that they're not now in this universe in the first order universe is a big plot distinction between this and the original films and it's the the one thing that starts to create uh the situation where you can have a character like john boyega's finn who is among the best things in the movie, I think. I'm a person that likes minutia and often have to have other people tell me to stop going into detail, and I've never really understood why they do that. I now know. No, because... As you I, were explaining all this, and you were doing a nice job with it, I just thought, holy crud, I really... This is too much. I don't well, that's care be- about all the that's, intricacies. That's because of the subject matter. It, but this is the first time it's ever happened to me. Wow. <laughs> You're welcome. Merry Christmas. I just want to start nerd. Now you know how I feel talking to you all the time. (laughs) Man, it really sucks to be on this side of the coin. (laughs) I don't even know much about Star Wars. And in fact, I mean, I caught all the illusions. But one of the things that bothers me most, maybe it might be the main thing that bothers me most, just in terms of my personal psychology, is since I've seen the movie today... I've, I've listened to several podcasts and I've read up on various things like slash film is pretty much the star Wars website now. And I've never heard more grown men 
talking about their emotional responses to movies than I have to hear them talk about this movie. Men openly and enthusiastically admit to crying at the opening of the film, like in the first note of the film. They cried about character reveals. They cried about droid reveals. They cried about things that happened in the movie. You could feel the air suck out of the theater we were in when that opening crawl started and the music hit. Everyone in the theater, you know, had a, a little bit of a gasp. They audibly sucked in air. <gasps> really? Yeah. Well, not everyone. Okay. Because I can think of two, two people. that, that yeah. didn't. And I, Now, I like Star Wars. It's one of my, it's one of the seminal films of my film going experience. This movie I didn't have that kind of thing for. And I know what, I know. A lot of people are looking to go back, like a lot of 40, 50-year-old men, 30-year-old uh, men are trying to regain their childhood, and this movie did it for them. I think when you're like 10 or 13, you want to get out of there, and you want to be 30 or 40. And then when you're 30 or 40, you want to go back and be 13. Yeah. And for, the, for those people, this movie kind of did it. But to hear them talk about it so much, and to be so open about, I mean... I guess it's okay because... I was moved nearly to tears when I saw Jurassic Park again after 20 years So in the same theater. I don't have that same experience. And I I knew I wouldn't after I saw the uh, Trump Vader (laughs) or Darth Trump uh, thing on video where they showed the opening shot. I I know why that's... I now know why that uh, opening shot of A New Hope is so important to me in terms of expanding my personal understanding of what film can do. And then, but to hear people have this sort of emotional reaction to a space fantasy robot kind of character thing, I, it's it's beyond my ability to understand. I I, I have the same reaction to, to people who get openly upset and go upset and go into a funk about when their football team loses, like their NFL team mm-hmm. or their college team or something. To have that much emotional investment in something that's so completely outside of your realm or outside of what you can control. And so artificial is surprising to me. I, I, for me, I can't feel for, I can't have an emotional response to cartoon characters. Sorry. I got a little excited there. Uh, I suppose the thing for me is because I, 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 I'm not trying to go back into my childhood. I didn't have to in this movie and I could step back away from it and, and take it for what it's worth. And that for me, the most for me, the best parts of the movie dealt with the new characters, Finn, Ray, and BB-8. And the characters uh, were played by new actors, people I hadn't really seen in other movies, except for BB-8. He might have been played by someone I'd seen in the movies before. I don't know. I think they built that whole robot and where he could actually... You Was know, it really animatronic? Like Does it move around like that? that that's my understanding. Uh, they could do um, a lot. I mean, they still probably at times had it attached to an arm that, you know, was hidden out of the camera's right. view and it does some tricks to me. It, I, it's able to give the thumbs up at one point yeah. or its version of it. So that was probably a model made just for that one shot. Right. I love that little BBA. But you character. can buy a little one. Yeah. Drive I, don't, it around. I don't live it that much. <laughs> I mean, it's not, I, I won't get the action figures like I did when I was, you know, 10 and 13, but the, the main character that I, the, the, the reason this movie works for me has nothing to do with all the extraneous stuff dealing with Star Wars. If this were movie, a movie just about uh, Daisy Ridley's character and engaging on some sort of mission, finding herself or you know starting to find herself, along with a character like John Boyega and a little like droid character like BB-8, if you had that movie, I still would have really liked the movie. In fact, 
in a weird way, all of the callbacks and all of the stuff dealing with Han Solo and being a, Oh, sorry. I like Kylo Ren too, as a, as an evil character, but all that other stuff is not, it, it wasn't enjoyable to me. Surprisingly, I guess, or not surprisingly. I don't know. A lot of people are uh, really like that stuff. I don't know. You're, what did you think of Daisy Ridley's performance? She was fine. Really? You think it was just serviceable? Yeah, I don't think she was given a whole lot. She didn't have to really do anything range-wise with that performance, I feel. Wow. <laughs> Were we in the same movie? She she runs she around a lot. lot. <laughs> I just John Boyega, he's he's fine. All right. All I, right. I just it, I think Daisy Ridley, Ridley should be nominated for her best actress award for this film. Hmm? I don't know her in anything. I've never seen her anything else. Wow. I mean, she was the I, emotional I, center of a very good film. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure this gets nominated for Best Picture. I don't know. I mean, it already won Best Picture in terms of box, box office. office. I don't think. I don't think it needs to be. Yeah, it just. I don't know. I, I like both of those actors you mentioned. I'm interested to see what they do outside of the Star Wars universe. I think they're, you know, good actors. Hmm. But I just. This felt paint by numbers. I felt like I could guess what was going to happen before it did. All right. Uh, I understand why people like it. I really don't want to take it. You don't want to offend any nerds? I I don't want to be offensive about it because I know I have spoken many times on this podcast about movies I love and that, you know, that just work for me and I'm willing to overlook any flaws. I like that they went back and did a lot of the retro special effects. I like J.J. Abrams. I think he was very smart in the way he made this film and that he made it so that it plays to a very broad audience everywhere. I just... Production it's, it's design? Just, it's not for me. Yeah, the production design, the way he set it up so that you can build to another trilogy. All right, well, you know, most of the films that you kind of enjoy that I think you enjoy, I might be wrong, Almost all modern American filmmaking owes something to Star Wars. Like, without a, a Skywalker Ranch and Industrial Light and Magic, yeah. uh, the, the people that do the special effects for this movie, and the sort of rompy, sort of um, jokey, uh, I don't know, space fantasy kind of adventure story, uh, you wouldn't have modern theater uh, it's also the first big blockbuster along with jaws um i think that the the movie which you've at times suggested has no right to exist or or shouldn't exist or you wish didn't even exist if it didn't then uh our the way we view film or the way we see our, and pretty much all of our entertainment would be vastly different than it is now i think and it would be an improvement because of that. I don't think so. But it's also this movie. So you think without. Wait, 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 but sorry. You're, you're also sorry. trying to make an argument that Star Wars is the genesis of all this. And it's not. Lucas has talked extensively. I didn't say that. You're, you're, you're making it. No, but you're trying to make it sound like Star Wars is super important. And that it's had this huge influence. But <laughs> okay, it was wait, huge. It hasn't? But when you say that, you're making it sound like. This is the source of all that influence. This movie was highly influenced by the serials of the 30s and 40s. Right. That's not my argument, though. So I think I could counter your argument and say, if this doesn't exist, you still have the 30s and 40s serials to go and influence films in the way Star Wars did. So I don't think the landscape is that vastly different if now you're missing Star Wars. 
I, I the reason I would disagree is because of the impact this had in terms of special effects, and without Star Wars opening the minds of filmmakers to the possibilities of what you could do in in terms of creating a combination of music and sound and image and whatever plot, you wouldn't have the people who are working in movies today creating the kinds of movies that they're creating today. And I'm not the one that makes that argument. I've read enough articles from people who are working in film today that point to Star Wars as being the most important film that they saw. Mm -hmm. Just like Citizen Kane was in the 40s, in the late 70s, early 80s, the yeah, but Star that doesn't Wars mean that they wouldn't find something else that would have great resonance with them. Like what? Buck Rogers in the 25th century? Blade Runner. Blade Runner didn't have much of an impact when it came out. Blade Runner had a huge no, impact. No, it didn't. It was a critical flop. It wasn't On special effects, it had a huge influence. And arguably, that is a more important was movie with special effects and with optical printers. Was that 1981? 81, I think. Star Wars was in 78. You probably wouldn't have the same... You wouldn't have the same look. Yeah, Lu- LucasArts, uh, Industrial Light and Magic, um, Pixar, sure, those things are very important. They all are directly tied into that. I-, I don't disagree with that. But something else would have filled the gap. Maybe, but it, it may. But you, you can make the We've argument on the supposition. We've been doing special effects in films since we started making films. Someone else would have stepped up if these people who work in special effects now were so inspired to work in special effects, I think there was always something in them waiting to find resonance. And they would have found that resonance and they would have gone into the special effects field. I don't know. My argument is based on the fact that I'm looking back on what other people have said. Like the J.J. Abrams of the world, the Gareth Edwards, the Ryan Johnsons, the people who are involved in this new form of star wars but then also people but jj abrams also did star trek so you can't say if there wasn't star wars he was hugely influenced by star trek he was also hugely influenced by mission impossible two other film franchises that he directed films of right but his his he says that star wars is the most important film that he's seen because he's got that film out right now Three years ago, oh, when so Star Trek was out, he was our, he was saying how much Star Trek influenced him when he was a kid. Star Trek was influential in terms of story and in terms of big themes. And he talked huge about that. But the Star Wars movies didn't have the same impact that they had on the on the, the TV creative. Show did. The TV show was canceled. And but I'm telling you, it, it JJ, made its it made its mark in syndication. Okay, it still was hugely influential influential on J.J. Abrams. And three years ago, when he had a Star Trek movie to promote. He was all about how big Star Trek influences right. so life. Right J. J. now, it's Star Wars. In the moment, he has to sell a film. All right. That's what he's doing, and he's very good at that. But so there, most of these people that are saying when these he was working on um, the, uh, the the monster attack film um, in New York, uh, the shaky cam film, uh, Cloverfield. Mm-hmm. It was all about Godzilla films for him then. When he was involved with Super 8, it was all about how much Spielberg influenced him and made him want to become a filmmaker. Right. Whatever film he is shilling for, he shills for. All right. That is the argument. Well, I'm saying, overall, if you have a Mount Rushmore of people that are influential in terms of how movies are developed now, today, and what our imagination looks like, in terms of film, George Lucas belongs on that on that mountain. 
along with someone like Steven Spielberg and probably, I don't know, Orson Welles. And then when you think about, um, I don't know who the fourth one would be. Will Ferrell. No, probably Walt Disney. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> Walt yeah. Disney you could put up there too. I don't know if anyone's had that that much of an impact. And I, I think that this is a seminal movie for that. Not this movie, not this current iteration, but Star Wars A New Hope. That's just my argument. I'm not saying that it's the most important movie of all time. I'm just saying that the way that it, just in terms of the impact of uh, special sure. effects, I, I, I sure. bet it's had a huge uh, industrial impact. light and magic worked on, um, on Blade Runner. Yes. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't have their hand in every major special effects. Yes. No, they, they worked on it. I mean, and that was because, they were the masters at optical, um, projection. And that was because star Wars was such a huge hit. If star Wars had come out and been buckaroo bonsai in the 25th century, it wouldn't have made, they wouldn't have had the money to throw into the movie making and into the uh, sort of uh, developmental side of things, the special effects. I, I don't know. That's just my argument. I, I, don't, I don't think it's um, the most important movie ever made overall. But, but we but. would still have movies. We might be going in a different direction, but it does happen. And yes, big uh, box office films can create their own special effects studios. Lord of the Rings created... Um, not effects. Right, but the, that, uh, that's Peter Jackson has a, a studio. But yes, they, they create their own universe. They create their own gravitational pull when you have something big and it brings people in to work on stuff. Sure. Yeah. I, I get all that. But the maybe. world would keep on spinning if there wasn't Star Wars is my argument. It would be spinning, but it would be spinning in a different way. I'm not saying good or bad or different. I, I am willing to say. You think it would be worse? I think you No, I think the world would be better if there wasn't Star Wars. <laughs> I, all right, but okay, make that argument then. Because you're just saying that, but you're blanketing it out there. I've made, I think, a pretty compelling argument for the reason that Star Wars, A New Hope, the fourth episode, and then the subsequent movies that came out of it, has had a positive impact on movies. I'd like to know why you think it would have a, it has had a negative impact on movies. Because I, the problem that I have is Star Wars is the first film people name when you say name a science fiction film. They use Star Wars to define the genre of science fiction. And I think that's a shame because science fiction is trying to reflect the values and practices of current day society and point out the foibles with that. Star Wars, I would argue doesn't do that and it does a disservice to the entire genre of science fiction as a result okay so uh, i i mean i i, I think guess people misunderstand what science fiction is and i think a lot of people feel that science fiction is too nerdy as a result instead instead science fiction really should be thought of as more philosophical right but you're arguing against humanity I'm arguing why I don't like. I'm right? arguing why I don't like Star Wars and why I think it's done a disservice and why we'd be better off without Star Wars. But I guess that's you my argument. If you don't like my argument, that's fine. <laughs> no, I, well, I, I, the reason I don't like your argument is because it doesn't it doesn't take into effect what it doesn't take into account what would be the replacement because you're dealing in supposition. Blade Runner, Aliens, 2001: <laughs> Space like Odyssey, Blade Gravity. Runner when it first came out. And I bet you Blade Runner and People liked Aliens, Blade Runner when it first came out. Pretty sure they didn't. Pretty sure it was a critical flop. Uh, no. I guess we can go back and look at it, but it it, it no, doesn't it, really matter. It, it, it didn't, was it, it, wait, it was successful. It helped make Harrison Ford's career. If it wasn't successful, why did Ridley Scott keep getting to do more and more movies? Why did they come out with four or five different cuts of that film? I guess they're trying to fix it. 
because it wasn't so great. <laughs> no, no, it's it's. All I'm not saying it with... wasn't great. I don't think it holds up. I oh. really, I've seen it since then. I don't okay, because I, I rewatched it like two years ago. I think it's a fantastic right. film. But you also don't like 2001: A Space Odyssey, and 2001: Space Odyssey, which came out in 1968, didn't have half of the impact, and not even a tenth of the impact of uh, of what Star Wars did in terms of raw people. S- 2001 Space Odyssey played in theaters for over a year. Okay, it well that was back when, you had, when we had 15 theaters in the entire country. People would go and watch 2001 Space Odyssey multiple times. If you want to look at raw ticket sales for 2001, it, it ranks up there with some of the greatest movies of all time. It's not number one. For sheer ticket sales, it's in the top ten, I bet. It's not number one. I can tell you what's number one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gone with the Wind. <laughs> Sold more tickets than any other film in history. All right. Star Wars is higher than 2001. Star Wars has had more of an impact. And then 2001, if we didn't have 2001, we would have, we wouldn't have gone to the moon. It wouldn't have gotten people thinking about space travel and what really was possible. No, we were already well on our way to the moon. In fact, uh, Steven or uh, Kubrick had to take out, uh, he tried to take out an insurance policy with uh, Lloyd's of London because he thought that we might get to the, to Mars and find out that there were that there were aliens and his movie would not yeah, make any sense. The public wasn't fully sold in the 60s on the space program and what could happen and what was possible. Yeah, I don't I mean I don't when think Kennedy came out and said we're going to the moon, a lot of people weren't of. sure that he really was. I mean that truly was a moonshot. Right. I think that's where we get the term moonshot. I think 2001 had a huge that cultural impact. World be free. I'm not saying that it didn't. I'm just saying that that the, without Star Wars and with 2001 taking its place, Where do you're going to have a different landscape. You're, gonna have a different, you're going to have a different entertainment landscape. Okay, That's my but point. where do you think the people who worked on the original Star Wars got their inspiration from? 20 years earlier, it was 2001 A Space Odyssey that made them want to go and work in miniatures. Eight years earlier and not really... Eight years earlier? Yeah. 2001 A Space Odyssey is 1964. It was worked on for four years. Well, okay. You're, you're right. It came out in 68. Star Wars was 1976. So our math, both of our math is wrong. Uh, <laughs> it okay. doesn't matter, but, one way or the other. But that influenced a lot of people to go work in special effects. Okay. That is that is the original Star Wars people's inspirational film. Maybe also Godzilla, you could throw that in. I would say, like, in terms of movie making... I would say the the birth of modern movie making is probably Orson Welles. I would say around age 10 is Kubrick. I would say around age 13, 14 is Lucas and Lucas slash Spielberg. Lucas Spielberg. I, I think that those two's careers and then, are intimately tied together. And then now you got the uh, well, Scorsese who's in the seventies too, but now you got guys like, um, I don't know the guy we're going to see next week. Tarantino. Tarantino. Yeah, yeah I don't think even, he was influenced much by Star Wars. No, I think he was influenced by a whole different uh, genre. But but even Tarantino is not the new crop of directors. I mean, Ryan Johnson, J.J. Abrams—they're the new crop. Gareth Edwards. Gareth. Edwards. All those guys who were working on Star Wars. Sure. <laughs> Sorry, man. But I mean, they are some of the big directors. I mean, I'm not uh, going to deny that. I'm not trying to be a, a a total douche about it. I'm just putting it out there. It's just my theory. Or my opinion, and I'm sure people love to hear us argue about. Film Actually, history. I kind of like I like arguing about it, but I can tell that you're getting a little uncomfortable. No, well, I just I disagree with some of your facts about. All right, well, but, you I can mean, fact check us. That's fine. Let's 
I, let's go back to the movie though, because I do want to talk about some things and kind of a spoiler thing. All right. <laughs> I wonder who's still with us. I wonder who's still listening to it. All right, spoilers. This is where the spoiler tag will go. The man that hath no music in himself, nor is not moved with concord of sweet sounds, is fit for treasons, stratagems, and spoils. All right, so this is what I learned from this movie. The First Order has the least effective prisoner containment system in the history of movies. They put all of their high-profile prisoners into uh, one room with one guard. Or they have, uh, like... I think one guard on uh, Ray. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if they had any guards at all on uh, Dameron, Cameron Poe or Dameron Doe or whatever that guy's name yeah, is. Yeah, Oscar Isaac's Oscar character. Isaac's character. But Finn is able to escape with him in broad daylight. Pretty much in broad daylight. Do you know daylight. who played the stormtrooper that frees? Right, uh, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Yeah. He Cameo. wanted to be part of it. Played a cameo. So that's, that's one thing that I learned from it. I also learned that... Uh, of all of the deadbeat dads in history, Han Solo is the most beloved. Because <laughs> he a deadbeat dad. Why do you think Kylo Ren acts the way he acts? Because he was brought over to the dark side? No, before that, he was dumped off on Uncle Luke. To train to be a Jedi? Yeah, he sent him off to military school. Because he has the force in him. All right, he Han Solo. He is also Leia's son. And Leia the, has I think the they're force. the two worst parents in the history of film. They, they, Wait, they... they Get the guy who saved the galaxy to train their son. How's Poorly. that horrible? He destroy. He he he's Kevin from what we need to think about Kevin, or we need to we, talk we about Kevin. To... They needed to sit down and have a conversation about Kylo. He's the he's um, in terms of temper tantrums. I've never seen a a thirty five year old behave in the manner of Kylo Ren. Well, apparently, one of the new hit Twitter fake accounts is emo Kylo Ren. <laughs> he is. He is. Everything that's bad about the worst students that we have, and most of those students, their problems come from their parents. So in terms of parenting skills, Han Solo and Princess Leia are among the worst in the history of film. <laughs> that's what I learned from this movie. It's a specious argument. Talk about your straw, man. Are you serious? You can argue that Han Solo, who's too trait... I mean, I don't even know if they is were married. Is it his parents' fault, or is this his grandfather's fault? It's the sins of the grandfather in this trilogy. Were they even married, though? This is the answer that most people have, is send their kid off to military school. I I know in the novelizations they were married. I think... But I'm not sure what's canon anymore. Today, in one of the novelizations, Han Solo is married to someone else. Well, that's the whole thing. It's it's now what is considered canon uh, is whatever Disney says and nothing's In terms of this movie, as far as I know, Han Solo dumped this kid off with their uncle, and then he went off smuggling with Chewbacca, hanging out in bars and cantina planets all around the, the space system, while Leia's back at home doing who knows what, becoming a general or being a general or acting like a general. They had too much time for themselves, not enough time for their kid, and that's why he turned out bad. He's a bad seed. He kills his father. That's, that's that, that happens in a lot of Star Wars. No. Right? Do, do, isn't Luke, know. doesn't he end up killing Darth Vader? No, Darth Vader, look, you're not going to pull me into this uh, Star Wars nerd trap. <laughs> this sand pit of Star Wars nerd, nerdity. I think I can. No, he didn't do that. He fought the, the Emperor, Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> he saves, he saves uh, Skywalker. 
Just Darth Vader was Darth good Vader at one didn't point. have a dad. It might, might, I'm pretty micro sure biology would disagree with you. Well, biology would, but the fantasy sci-fi doesn't. Somewhere. So, so no, he was don't. just an orphan? Yeah, his mother woke up pregnant one day. No, I mean, honestly, I, I mean... I'm telling you, Anakin Skywalker had these mitochlorians or something, chloridians. That's why all of the focus of the of the Force is, like, into his body somehow. He has, I don't even know what they So he had a real bad mother who didn't help raise him well? His mother was a slave. They were, they were born and raised slaves. Pretty much all of his teaching came from Obi-Wan Kenobi. So there are some fan theories out there that Obi-Wan Kenobi is actually evil. All of his early Obi Wan Kenobi got him when he was ten, after he won the pod race, episode one. He's Phantom a slave, Menace. but he owns his own car. Yeah, he's very effective at putting together junk cars and creating pods, or uh, yeah, racing pods. This is all like underground. Like, hey man, I used to Big Daddy had his own uh, car, and we used to race it out on the dirt track over there in uh, uh, Matthews County, right. Saluda. At the dirt track, you didn't have to have much to have a pod race back in the early stages. And that's enough to get Wars. you admission into the Jedi Academy. No, I, I don't. I think Obi Wan Kenobi f- recognized the Force in him. Like when you can see the Force in other people when you're a Jedi Knight, and they didn't want it. Like Yoda said, he didn't want this guy because he knew that there was this unbalance in him. There was dark. Yoda was him. right. So wait, you can be born with some evil in you. Everybody could be born with evilism, I suppose. If you but, had bad but, parents, but Yoda's you might noticing become... more evil in this guy than the average person. So he's saying we we shouldn't take him on. So they took him th- on. This seems to be the nature versus nurture argument, mm-hmm. and it seems to be in Star Wars, it's nature, not necessarily because Yoda sees evil in him right, from the beginning. There's evil in Luke too, but that wasn't Luke. Luke defeats it. <laughs> Great. Look, I have other theories, like uh, the Grand Supreme Leader Snoke, the guy that's sort mm-hmm. of manipulating the, the First Order. Yeah, he looks like the giant from Prometheus. I don't think he's a giant at all. I think he's the same size as Yoda, and I think he's Yoda's brother. And I think that's where the whole Force thing began. He's just being projected as a giant, because okay. it's a hologram Wizard image. Of oh, spoiler. Well, we're in spoiler section. Yeah, but Wizard of Oz. Oh, you're going to spoil the movie <laughs> yeah, from yeah. 1930? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Be careful. You haven't seen Wizard of Oz yet. It's the, the, the man behind the curtain. <laughs> Ignore the little man behind the curtain. So, so, you, so you're planning out these future films and like... It's just... it. You know what? The mov- the thing, the movies I like most are the ones that make allow me to think about other things. Are Ray's parents significant? It's are probably they Luke Skywalker. To, not Obi-Wan Kenobi? No. I don't think so. I think it's Luke Skywalker. In fact, one of the trailers, I think it's Luke's voice. And the audience is never, you're never really sure who he's talking to. The Force is strong Except I think he's talking to Ray, yeah. My sister has it. Yeah, I I have have it. it. My father had it. Never says anything about a daughter having it. No, but who's he talking to? The audience. What? No. I think he's talking to, I think it's in the next, I, I mean... You, there are other theories that Han Solo and Princess Leia had this girl and they're twins. And that's why Kylo Ren recognizes her and knows that there's this other girl that's wandering around. But Oh, see, I heard it's that she was part of the whole young Jedi training. Yeah, I think and it's And he Luke's ran daughter. into her back then. Yeah. And I think that's why Luke ran off because he thought his family had been killed. And he just didn't want to have another, any part with it. 
Um, we'll find out in the next movie. Hopefully. <laughs> That's what I mean in terms of, of creating a franchise and or having this self-perpetual expanding universe. It's the big bang theory of, of movie franchises because they can put in any plot hole they want. They can introduce any character they want. Did you know that uh, on the, on Han Solo's scavenger ship that the Asian gang, those guys were all in the raid. Yeah. Yeah. I recognized them. Mad dog. And I didn't know that until today. Yeah. But apparently JJ Abrams liked them so much. He wanted to work with them. He put them in the movie. They were in there for two and a half minutes they get menaced by these hideous creatures. You could have a whole spinoff movie that's nothing but martial arts dealing with those guys in the raid. Who's the Scottish guy? I don't even know who that guy is. You could have a whole spinoff movie about him. I mean, and they will eventually. And they could. And we're a couple years away from a Star Wars channel, all saturated Star Wars. in Star oh, yeah. Wars. The sitcoms, the the dramedies. I don't. The ER spinoff, the lawyer Star Wars. The the weird thing is that that that. That kind of bothers you, but for me, it doesn't bother me. Not just, not that I'll even watch it, but it just it doesn't bother me. It like it doesn't move my needle, and that's what's weird because normally I can find something to enjoy about any of these big. Yeah, but with this thing, it's not that it just doesn't move your needle. You really don't like. You have a deep personal animosity towards it. Yes, I know, and for me, I it's admit like, this. I have never lied I, about. I'm not this. saying that you haven't admitted. I'm just saying that I I that mentality just doesn't. It's it's like you you think of them like you think of uh, Al Qaeda. You don't think that this is significant for someone who is the fanboy who loves everything, loves the popcorn films, is always defending the popcorn films. The one time I don't, that should be significant. I know it's so bizarre. It's, it but you should go bipolar. Maybe he's onto something. Hey, it's not man, bipolar the... if this is the only time I do it. With. I mean, I got into Star Trek when those uh, when the last two films came out, and I. Yeah, I, I never thought much sense. about Star Trek, and I looked more at it, and I went, okay, I can see what there is to enjoy about this. I'm still nowhere near being a Trekkie, though. I am I am of the mind, mostly, that there's a French quote. Uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce this, the French. but the, It's Chamfort, who's a philosopher in France. He said, the likelihood that something is popular just suggests that it's stupid. And something along those lines. And I pretty much subscribe to that notion. So the fact that everybody seems to love this movie has no bearing on my enjoyment of it. and the, But the fact that... Um, I'm not even sure what my point is with that. I think that the movie sort of appeals to the lowest common denominator in a lot of things. And I think a lot of these like fantasy, sci-fi kind of superhero things, they, 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 they fall under that same... and or they, They're sort of hiding under that same umbrella. And that's why I don't like those kinds of movies. Like... I was yawning a lot in this movie. I, 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 when you told me the movie was only two sixteen, I was like, "Really?" I thought it was closer to three hours. That's what it felt like to me. It just kept going and going. I know, it just kind of kept. Um, you you said earlier Lucas is on the Mount Rushmore of directors or something, didn't you equate him? Maybe that was last night. You Lucas equated. and Spielberg. Yeah, but to me, sure, Lucas is on Mount Rushmore, but he's Roosevelt. All right, he's under—he's undeserving of that spot. <laughs> oh come on, Teddy Roosevelt is not deserving of being on Mount Rushmore. No, he—he's he, right. one of the more overrated presidents. Well, you know why he's up there. He invented the whole uh, the uh, Environmental Protection Agency. Okay, so yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, but, I mean, he was a very controversial service. decision to put him up there my, with Washington, Jefferson, and Lincoln. My great grandfather worked 
under him when he was the head constable of, or the head of the police department in New York City, 1921, I think. I think Lucas overrated as a director. He's been lucky. He's worked with a lot of talented people who have been able to refine his ideas and throw up the bat. Maybe I mean, not. Has he really done anything on his own? That's Raiders been of Lost Art? I don't know. That's, that's a lot important. of Spielberg. That's Still a whole lot important. of Spielberg. You can go and you can read the transcripts of their three days story making session and Lucas does 90% of the talking and almost everything he's coming up with is horrible. Occasionally Spielberg stops him and goes, ooh, bullwhip. That's a good idea. Yeah, that's why I put them together on the on their their double headed beast on the head of, on the Mount Rushmore. One side is a guy with a double chin. The other guy is sort of bespectacled. Spielberg helped his buddy out a lot. He carried it, that guy. It doesn't matter. There's, I mean, him. I'm not alone in my opinion that George Lucas is an important figure in American cinema. So your arguments against him. Do you man, feel like he got really himself. lucky? I mean, most people also think George Lucas directed the original trilogy. Well, I think Lawrence Kasdan has a big part in that trilogy, but I mean, you know, THX 138, that's a good movie. That's the kind of movie that you like. The kind of dystopian, thoughtful, deep science that deals with ideas of, of uh, uh, I, I like artificial intelligence like Star and stuff Wars. like that. Yeah, that's probably your favorite George Lucas movie. That and American Graffiti. Yeah, I mean... I, I don't know. For as much I, as he's honestly, influenced current day superhero movies, he almost destroyed them in the same way, too. Because oh. after, yes, after Star Wars, Marvel approached him and said, we want you to make a uh, superhero movie. You can do whatever oh, okay. character you All want. Right. And he chose Howard the Duck. <laughs> okay. All right. And Marvel got out of movie making for the next 15 years okay. because of Howard the Duck. So as much as he helped all the popcorn movies that I like, he almost killed them too. Yeah. Well, I mean, people have failures. There, there are all kinds of people that fail. You could do any superhero you want. So he made a bad choice. Proper... Big deal. Or maybe it was just a bad movie. Howard the he made Duck bad decisions. over did, Iron Man. Did you Thor, ever see the 1978 Hulk. holiday Star Wars holiday special? I heard that's dreadful. Yeah. Apparently he just let them do it. And then he wanted complete control over the franchise after they they sort of blew that. Um, it has something to do with Ewoks or Chewbacca's. Or, well, aren't there two TV or, movies Wookies. with Ewoks in them or something? Nah, I don't know. There might be an Ewok Christmas too, as far as I know. I don't know. I, I George Lucas is important. He's not necessarily important to me. Like I don't really care one way or the other. I hated the last, uh, um, what is that swashbuckler? Raiders of the Last Ark. Raiders of the Last Ark movie. I hated number five, whatever it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, four. Yeah. Well, uh, Indiana Jones and the Crystal, Crystal Skull is horrible. But it, it, it encapsulates everything that's bad about modern uh, American action films of that ilk. And apparently Spielberg told... But this movie sort of reverses that and he, I I think he's just in terms of inspiration Spielberg let Lucas put in a lot of his ideas right. he's like fine George you really want to do it this is probably your last shot with Indiana Jones alright we'll put Harrison Ford in a refrigerator during an atomic bomb blast right. let's go for it oh you want aliens oh yeah sure here we have aliens so just spoiling the crystal skull for everybody stay away <laughs> oh you want to swing from vines with an army of monkeys yeah yeah let's do that that'll work all right. You would prefer deep, pensive, 
boring, staid science fiction and nothing rollicking and happy. Speaking of science fiction films I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to <laughs> The Lobster when that comes out. I saw a trailer for that. That okay. looks fantastic. That's the type of science fiction that moves my needle. All right. I I saw the same trailer. I would have to argue that it's not science fiction. But that, I guess that's for a different show. People can be turned into animals. It's set in a dystopian future. I don't know. I don't know if it is or not. I, I don't know. We, we'd have to see the movie to be able to talk about it. So. Yes, yes. Another thing this movie does effectively, this movie, I know we're going kind of long here, but J.J. Abrams this is... This is my nightmare. No, I, I <laughs> there's two things, actually. A, the marketing, I went back and looked at later. It didn't reveal any of the plot. I'm glad I avoided it because I wanted to be surprised by certain things, but I knew Han Solo was going to be in it. So it doesn't matter what the reveal is um, for that character for me. I don't care that he died either because I think he's a bad parent anyway. But <laughs> in terms of marketing, there was only six minutes of the movie that of six minutes of footage that were actually out there available for the different um, trailers. And then, like I said, I think Luke Skywalker's voice appears in one of them. And he doesn't even speak in the movie. Yeah, that stuff got cut. The Some people are mad that there are short shots in the trailers that don't appear in the film. I Apparently, like um, Ray hands Leia the lightsaber in one of the trailers. There's a shot of her handing it over. I thought over. that was in the movie. That happens in the movie. He hands it over to her. No, Ray hands it to Leia. Oh, to in, Leia. In one of the trailers. Oh, There's a short shot. Whatever. That got cut. Yeah. For various reasons. And Abrams just had to like try and defend his editorial decisions in the fact that he didn't have a final cut of this film ready in April when that trailer came out. Oh yeah. I don't, yeah. That I, I like that there's other stuff extraneous to the movie and the marketing like that happened in the master. And I kind of like that too. Yeah. And that's but, purposely done here. Let's shoot some shots. I think that there the are some purposeful things in terms of marketing. I think they knew what they were doing at the end. Um, and then also JJ Abrams is, is uh, intelligent enough to create, a movie that destroys any chance of there ever being a remake of the original Star Wars because he did a remake of the original Star Wars with this sequel. He's smart also. He got in. He does Star Wars. He does the greatest hits version. He doesn't have to figure out the ending to this trilogy, where you go on from here, how you make it grand and operatic. And, you know, whoever's got to do the last film in the trilogy, I'm not sure they've announced a director yet. Rain Johnson's got the eighth film. They have the hard job. I think it's Ryan, Ryan. I, I like to call him Rain. We've been over that, yeah. Y- Ryan, you don't think that they've planned it out? You I don't think, think they some, know what the end game does, is? But he doesn't. But what I'm saying is J.J. Abrams, he's in, he does his bit, and he's out of there. Right? Right. It's not his fault if the future films don't work. Everyone's happy right. with his job. He was the right. leadoff hitter. He got on right. base. Right. Stand up double. Ooh. Triple. No. Triple? Yeah, I'm pretty... Okay, but but he's fine. He's not to blame. He's not losing the game for anyone. But he also picked a really smart spot to get in. Because whoever's got to do the ninth film, they've got a hard job. Well, so does it... Yeah. Actually, it's the next movie that's not the Han Solo spinoff or the... the yeah, we're talking Rogue about the, the, this talking about trilogy. The, yeah. yeah, It's the next movie that they really have to outdo because... So, uh, supposedly Empire Strikes Back is the number one movie of all in in terms of the uh, whole pantheon of or whatever Star Wars movies mm-hmm. so they have to outdo the 
not only do they have to outdo this movie, they have to outdo A New Hope, Episode 4, and they have to do, outdo Episode 5, which apparently that's going to be really difficult to do because what other reveals can you have? Mm-hmm. What do you think? I'll, you had an interesting I little think... theory. at the uh, Last night, I forgot the movie. I don't remember what my theory well, was. Well, you said I, Leah I, dies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do think Leia dies. You you think Luke is going to die, and I think they have to keep him around. Yeah, maybe. Because he is the center of the whole Star Wars universe. I think Leia confronts her son, and he kills her. Oh, okay. You uh, don't think that they introduce a new dark character? Because it really is about the redemption of Kylo Ren, if, if it follows the same track. Could be. And then how much fan service yeah. do you do in the next movie? Like how far away can you get from that? You don't have to have Han Solo, so there's none of that. Unless he comes back in some weird way, like some Some people are saying he could be a ghost. Force but ghost. Even though he's not a Jedi. But he had enough power to apparently use a lightsaber in the original trilogy. I heard that. Doesn't he use it to make an, an idloo in Return of the Jedi or something, Luke? He cut open a Tauntaun. But he was using the lightsaber. Yeah, but he wasn't fighting anybody with it. He still was able to power it up. So was Finn. Boyega, a stormtrooper. You don't think Finn's going to be a Jedi? No. He doesn't have the Force in him? Who do you, who do you think Finn's parents are? I don't think it matters. Oh, I think Lando Calrissian. The only other black guy in that whole galaxy. Yeah, but I read somewhere that guy was around 50 years before Finn. Like Han Solo? I don't, now I'm getting all confused. But <laughs> apparently that's already been discounted by the, the oh, really? fanboys. Yeah. Oh, well, the fanboys don't know. They, don't know don't they, they can know what they want. So we get to do this again in another year? Maybe. I don't know. This is painful. Sitting across from someone that's so negative I'm, I'm, all the time. I mean, I'm asking. I'm trying to do it. You've you've asked me for my opinion. I've said it's no, a good I, film. No, I, I like it. I like the conversation. I yeah. actually like it when we when we disagree with each other more than when we agree. I mean, I, w- you've been talking this moment up for a while. No, I haven't. I haven't been beaten. You, you were you were poking and prodding was, me back in I was March poking about and prodding this. you because I like to poke and prod you. But this was yeah. my third highest ranked movie. I mean, in terms of anticipation. Yeah. So not only did I have to see this film, but now I get to find out about a box office challenge that I've lost. That well, we I didn't I tell you if you lose. lost it or not. I'm pretty sure I've lost. I All was right, pretty so, sure I lost when you came up with this idea. Yeah, actually, you were pretty close. You're actually, you were very close. Yeah, second place, and you came in second to last. All right, well, I'm going to give you a chance to redeem yourself. This is what you, this is the movies you agreed to. Good Dinosaur, and I gave you a five-day total Ooh, yeah, on Good did. Dinosaur. You did. You were very nice. Spectre, Hunger J2, and The Danish Girl. Those were your four movies that I allowed you. Okay. The five-day total of Good Dinosaur, Spectre, Hunger J, and Danish Girl, and their opening weekends. I'll give you that. Or, this is the other movie you kind of wanted. I'll give you the three-day total of The Good Dinosaur, Spectre, Hunger J2, and The Martian as your four movies. Yeah, I'd take The Martian one. Yeah, if you if you had had The Martian, but you didn't, you had The Danish Girl. <laughs> if you had The Martian You threw instead, in The Danish Girl. Because you said you wanted four movies, you couldn't come up with a fourth one. So I gave you The Danish Girl. You were trying girl. to just give me like two films at first. I said three. I said the original bet was three. What three movies? I want five. Well, you got three and you lost. Or you got four and you lost because the Danish girl only made 187,000 in its opening weekend. It's pretty good. It's probably only in four or five theaters. Uh, Next was Hunger J with Hunger J Part 2. That's what I like to call it. Hunger J Part 2. It just makes more sense. Rolls off the tongue better. 102 million. Hmm. 
uh, Spectre, 70 million, and The Good Dinosaur had 55 million. So your grand total of those movies was 228 million, 700,000. And uh, Star Wars, 247,000. Opening weekend, three day total. Boom. If I had replaced Dinosaur with Martian, would I be in you? I mean, was there any combination of three films I could have been you with? Any combination of three? Mm, no, I don't think so. No. No, you wouldn't have been able to beat me with three. You would have been able to beat me with it, the three-day total of Good Dinosaur in the margin instead of Danish Girl at $260 million. Yeah. So anyway, the winner box office challenge goes to Lusk, king of box office challenges. Fair enough. <laughs> the look on your face. I knew sad. I was going to lose this one. Well, all right, so get used to it. <laughs> Next show is going to be a big show. Just two frames. Finally, we get to do a good film. Well, we get to do a great movie experience. We're actually going to the road show. We're going to the road show. The Hateful Eight Road Show. The Laugh Podcast goes on the road. Uh, We're watching the 70 millimeter version. This is only screening for a week. In 100 movies, we have to... Yeah, this is a grand experiment to see if... Uh, movies can still bring out the audiences for special events. We already got our tickets. They're burning a hole in my pocket right now. Hopefully I won't forget them like I did when we went up to see the Boston Red Sox play. (laughs) Me and all my friends, I had all the tickets for three days. I left them at home. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, I figured it out on the plane. I started looking for them. Anyway, that'll be laugh uh, 108. Yeah, no, we laughed last week. Uh, we laugh next week, but then after that, we got the Laffy's Award Show coming up. We're probably going to do that that joy, and then uh, my most anticipated movie of the year, The Revenant. Can't wait for that, man. And then we're going to do Best of the Year shows. Got a whole lot coming in the uh, in the whole Laugh Podcast. Yeah, no, Oof. there's some big stuff still to come. So good, good, good. All right, so um, Luke Skywalker, famously said. And this is directed towards you. If there's a bright center to the universe, you're on the planet that it's farthest from. So for Mr. Two Frames over there. It's been a pleasure. I'm the L-Trade. Pox Bodum, everybody. You had to adjust the levels. Yeah, you, 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 were, you were really... I suppose if Chewbacca had been the one to die. <laughs> oh, are we in, we're not in spoilers? That, I mean, I've been trying to avoid because I have no idea really what is spoilerage. All right, I have, to go, I have to go back. <laughs> we'll have to go back and take that part out. Sorry.